Shalom, Holy Scriptures and Israel is a ministry designed to share with the Jewish people the good news of the Lord Jesus Yeshua the Messiah and to instruct Christians on the Jewish roots of their faith. And now, teaching God's Word from a Hebrew Messianic perspective, here is Gideon Levitam. Shalom, my dear brothers and sisters. Together we are studying now for quite a while the beautiful prophetic message of Daniel. We have been so blessed to learn many lessons about the way in which God have dealt with his people, the people of Israel, during the times of the Gentiles. As we mentioned before, it is very much important for all of us to understand that the book of Daniel is specifically dealing with the rise of various kingdoms during the times of the Gentiles, beginning with Babylon, continuing to be the Persian, continuing to Greece, and ultimately Rome, and then the revived Roman Empire at the end of the day, and then finally when the Messiah, Yeshua, Jesus, will come at the second coming, and he will rule and reign over... Israel, a restored nation, and all the nations of the world. And this is where the Lord Yeshua, the Messiah, made a reference in Luke chapter 21 and verse 24, when he spoke to his disciples. He wanted them to understand that even these disciples, who are of the people of Israel, that they... And their future generation, the Jewish people, the the people of Israel, they will experience persecutions by the nations of the world. And the Lord Jesus the Messiah said, They shall fall by the edge of the sword and shall be led away captive into all nations. And Jerusalem shall be trodden down of the Gentiles until the times of the Gentiles be fulfilled. This expression the times of the Gentiles in Hebrew, Aitot Hagoim, represent the period of time which begin at 605 BC, all the way to the second coming of the Messiah at the end of the tribulation period, where He, Yeshua, Jesus, the Messiah, will take His kingdom back to himself, and rule and reign over restored nation Israel and over all the nations of the world. So this period of time, the times of the Gentiles, Eitot HaGoyim, represent a long, long period of time, including the church age in which we live in, and will culminate with the second coming of the Messiah, the end of the tribulation period. Now, We have arrived, of course, to Daniel chapter 11. Daniel chapter 10, 11, and 12 is the final section in the book of Daniel. In this final section in the book of Daniel, Daniel chapter 10, 11, and 12, we learn of the final word of the Lord through the angel to Daniel, and he gives Daniel information concerning the future days. From Daniel's vintage point of time, 
He takes him over some of the period of the Persian, the Grecian, and the events that will take place after Alexander the Great will die and his kingdom will be divided into four sections, and specifically the conflict that will exist between the north and the south, namely the Grecian-Syrian kingdom and the Grecian-Egyptian kingdom, and they will fight one against the other, and their kings who will rule over these two north and south kingdoms during the time of the Grecian Empire. These conflicts will affect also the Jewish people, the people of Israel, and the land, the pleasant land, and the city of Jerusalem. Well, we have arrived to Daniel chapter 11, and we concluded with Daniel chapter 11 and verse 20. And I would like, beloved brothers and sisters, to read from Daniel 11 verse 21, and I will read all the way through to verse 35. The reason that we will stop in verse 35, because from verse 36 on to the end of the chapter, Daniel received information from the angel concerning the future Antichrist, the counterfeit Messiah, Mashiach HaShekir, who will rise up in the latter days. But in verses 21 to verse 35, Daniel received instruction from the angel concerning a man that is called Antiochus Epiphanes, Antiochus IV, who became a type and a picture of the Antichrist who will rise in a future day. And so I'm reading, beloved brothers and sisters, from verse 21. And in his estate shall stand up a vile person, to whom they shall not give the honor of the kingdom, but he shall come in peaceably and obtain the kingdom by flatteries. And with the arms of a flood shall they be overflown from before him and shall be broken. Yea, also the prince of the covenant. And after the league made with him, he shall work deceitfully, for he shall come up and shall become strong with small people. He shall enter peaceably even upon the fattest places of the province, and he shall do that which his fathers have not done, nor his father's fathers, he shall scatter among them the prey and spoil and riches, yea, and he shall forecast his devices against the stronghold even for a time. And he shall stir up his power and his courage against the king of the south with a great army. And the king of the south shall be stirred up to battle with a very great and mighty army, but he shall not stand, for they shall forecast devices against him. Yea, they that feed 
of the portion of his meat shall destroy him, and his army shall overflow, and many shall fall down slain. And both these kings' hearts shall be to do mischief, and they shall speak lies at one table, but it shall not prosper, for yet the end shall be at the time appointed. Then shall he return into his land with great riches, and his heart shall be against the holy covenant, and he shall do exploits and return to his own land. At the time appointed, he shall return and come toward the south, but it shall not be as the former or as the later. For the ships of Shittim shall come against him, therefore he shall be grieved and return and have indignation against the holy covenant. So shall he do. He shall even return and have intelligence with them that forsake the holy covenant. And arms shall stand on his part, and they shall pollute the sanctuary of strength, and shall take away the daily sacrifice. And they shall place the abomination that maketh desolate. And such as do wickedly against the covenant shall he corrupt by flatteries. But the people that do know their God shall be strong and do exploits. And they that understand among the people shall instruct many, yet they shall fall by the sword and by flame, by captivity, and by spoil many days. Now when they shall fall, they shall be helped with the little help, but many shall cleave to them with flatteries. And some of them of understanding shall fall to try them and to purge and to make them white, even to the time of the end, because it is yet for a time appointed. Now, beloved brothers and sisters, we might say as we read this information here from Daniel chapter 11, verses 21 to 35, that the details that are given to us here in this portion of the 11th chapter of the book of Daniel are history that existed and that happened in the time when the Grecians empire was ruling specifically in the time where the descendants of the kings, the rulers that took over from Alexander the Great, and the behavior that they behaved one towards another, the conflict, the internal conflict that was between the north and the south kingdoms that rule under the Grecian Empire, the Jewish people were affected by this, and really this is part of the history Syrian, Grecian, Egyptian history, but in the middle there was there the people of Israel, the Jewish people who were affected by the conflict that existed between the north and the south of Israel. We have already covered, beloved brothers and sisters, 
the first 20 verses of this chapter. We have learned from the first 20 verses of chapter 11 that the angel who had already in chapter 10 gave Daniel information, by the time we arrive to chapter 11, he gives him more and more information concerning these two northern and southern kingdoms that were uh, ruling after the death of Alexander the Great. And so, while we read all these verses, verses 5 to 20, we learn that Egypt, the Ptolemites, were against the Syrian, the Seleucid dynasty, and both had a conflict one against the other. And so we have in these first 20 verses the conflict between the Ptolemites and the Seleucids, and the king that ruled one after the other in the conflict that existed between the north and the south. And I would like to remind you once again that the north and the south in Daniel chapter 11 is the north and south of Israel. North of Israel is Syria, south of Israel is Egypt, and so the southern Egyptian and the northern Assyrian were fighting with one another, and Israel is right in the midst. The land, the pleasant land, the land of Israel, the city of Jerusalem, is in the middle between the north and the south. And we also have to learn that all these details that we have in the first 20 verses are details that happen historically in the history of these Grecian, Syrian, and Grecian, Egyptian kings who rule during those days after the death of Alexander the Great. And it is fascinating because God said of himself in Isaiah, in chapter 46, to Israel, God said, in verse 9 and 10, Remember the former things of old, for I am God and there is none else. I am God and there is none like me, declaring the end from the beginning and from ancient times the things that are not yet done. In other words, God said to his people Israel to be aware of the fact that he is the one and only God. That's why we read in Deuteronomy 6 and verse 4, Shema Israel. Hear, O Israel, Adonai Eloheinu Adonai Echad. The Lord our God, the Lord is one. I am God, and there is none else. I am God, and there is none like me. I am declaring the end from the beginning, and from the ancient time, the things that are not yet done. And surely, beloved brothers and sisters, when this angel of the Lord came to Daniel, as we read of him in Daniel chapter 10, when he began to give him the information concerning the future days of the people of Israel from the time of the 536 BC, in the third year of Cyrus, the king of Persia, where Daniel received the information concerning the future day that will happen all the time until the time 
including all the way to the time when the Messiah will come at the second coming, here he is showing to us that he knows details concerning the things that will happen during the Grecian Empire after the death of Alexander the Great with the northern and the southern kingdoms who will fight once again uh, the other, the Ptolemites and the Seleucides, who will uh, the first rulers, the generals that remain after the death of Alexander the Great. And from there on we see king after king from the north and the south and the south and the north fighting one another. And Israel, the Jewish people, are in the middle of that conflict. Now we also want to notice now, as we arrive now to this portion that we read, verses 21 to verse 35. In these verses, beloved brothers and sisters, we receive a prophetic information concerning one particular man whose name is Antiochus Epiphanes, Antiochus IV. He was a Grecian Syrian king. And we learn from these verses about his rise and how he expanded his power. And also we see the persecution of the Jewish people which he inflicted upon our people of all the people of Israel, during the time of his rule. In fact, Antiochus Epiphanes, persecution of the Jewish people began in 173 BC until the time in which he died in the year 164 BC. He actually ruled for 12 years, but the persecution of our Jewish people began in 173 BC specifically and ended when he died at 164 B.C. And so you notice that in these verses, beloved brothers and sisters, as we continue on, after we read in verse 20 of Daniel 11, then shall stand up in his estate razor of taxes, of whom we spoke about in our previous message together, in his glory of the kingdom, but within few days he shall be destroyed, neither in anger nor in battle. And from there on, beloved brothers and sisters, we began to learn of the rise of Antiochus Epiphanes, the rise and the expansion of his rule, his power, and ultimately the persecution of the Jewish people. In verse 21, 22, and 23, we learn about this man, Antiochus IV, again, his early reign. He reigned over the Syrian, the northern kingdom, and he reigned over the northern kingdom. And notice that we learn how he received this reign of his, how he rose to power. We read in Verse 21, in his estate, this is the Seleucus Philopato, he was the one that ruled before him. Then we read that there stood up a vile person. That vile person, in Hebrew it is called Nivzeh. He was a very vile, wicked man. This is Antiochus IV, Antiochus Epiphanes. It says here, to whom they shall not give the honor of the kingdom, but he shall come in peaceably and obtain the kingdom by flatteries. 
So Antiochus Epiphanes, he was not the one who deserved to be the next ruler, but somehow, because he was very vile and he was usurping things that were not his, we read that he will come, he will stand up, and then initially they gave him no honor because it was not him the one who was supposed to rule in the northern Syrian Grecian Empire or kingdom, but he took the honor and the place by flatteries. That word for flatteries is the Hebrew word bechalaklakot. The word bechalaklakot, it really means in a really slippery way, the slippery of the tongue, the lying and the cheating and the tricking of others in order to take the place that was not his. So verse 21, Antiochus IV took the Syrian Grecian throne by trickery, by flattery, and by deceit, and ultimately by murdering. So he became now the Syrian Grecian king of the northern kingdom, north of Israel, and he did so in a wicked way, Bachalaklakot, by flatteries, by lying and tricking others and influencing others, and ultimately also by murdering. Antiochus' power, we read of him in his power in the next verse, verse 22, And with the arms of a flood shall they be overflown from before him, and shall be broken, yea, also the prince of the covenant. So verse 22 tells us that Antiochus' power, military power, that he also ultimately, he is the one who overpowered others, but you notice that he is also overpowered the prince of the covenant. That expression, the prince of the covenant, comes from the Hebrew word Nagid Brit. Nagid Brit is really the one that the priest and the spiritual leaders of Israel somehow Antiochus on his way to fight with the south, with Egypt, he also have been successful by taking over and influencing the prince of the covenant. Nagid Brit, the word covenant in Hebrew Brit, and every time we read it here in this chapter is in relationship to the covenant people of God, the Jewish people with whom God made a covenant. Whether it is the Abrahamic covenant, or whether it is the land covenant, or whether it is the Davidic covenant, or even whether it is the Mosaic covenant, the covenant that God made, the Torah that God gave to Israel through Moses. These are covenants that were made by God with the people of Israel, beloved brothers and sisters. So he came and he was successful also to overpower the prince, Nagid, Brit, the prince of the covenant, the Brit that God had made with the Jewish people. So he was successful to overpower also the Jewish people. But notice, beloved brothers and sisters, because in verse 23 we read, And after the league, 
made with him, he shall work deceitfully, for he shall come up and shall become strong with a small people. Well, initially with a small people, a small army, Antiochus made deceitful leagues with Egypt. He deceived them, making a league with them in order to be controlled Egypt, the south of Israel. But also, we find out that he became stronger and stronger. He had little armies, small armies, small people. But yet, with deceitfulness, he was able to be successful. Notice what we read about him already in verse 21. He was a vile person. In verse 21 at the end, he obtained his kingdom by flattery. In verse 22, we read that he was the one that was successful to overpower with a small amount of arms and men to be successful to overpower others and including the prince of the covenant. And in verse 23, we read that he made leagues and the league he made with Egypt in order to control and rule over Egypt, and he did so, he worked deceitfully, and for he shall come up and shall become strong with small people. That's what the angel is telling Daniel in in verses 21, 22, and 23, Antiochus the fourth early reigned and elevated into this power that he had. And beloved brothers and sisters, remember that right in the middle, as the north coming against the south, as the Syrian against Egypt, in the middle we have the prince of the covenant, the covenant people of God, the Jewish people in the land of Israel. Now in verse 24, onward to verse 28, Antiochus' expansion, and the expansion of his power, And he expanded against Egypt when he came against Egypt in 173 BC for the first time. And so we read in verse 24, Antiochus became wealthy. How he spoiled those whom he was able to attack. And so notice we read in verse 24, of our chapter, Daniel chapter 11, he shall enter peaceably, giving an assumption that he is coming in peaceful, in shalom, but in actuality, he really comes in the places and the province, and he shall do that which his fathers have not done, nor his father's fathers. He shall scatter among them the prey and spoil the riches, yea, he shall forecast his devices against the strongholds even for a time. In other words, God have allowed Antiochus Epiphanes to come in in such a way, and again, beloved brothers and sisters, giving the assumption that he does that peaceably, as we have in verse 24. But then as he come, he does things that even his forefathers have never done before. He, what does he do? He scattered the prey. Notice as we read here, and he spoil all, and riches, and so on. Yeah, and he shall forecast his devices against the stronghold even for a time. In other words, God allowed him for a time to do what he did by scattering the prey, spoiling 
the witches and ultimately forecasting his devices, uh, bringing forth uh, the devices to fruition, thinking all sort of plans against those that are his enemies, those whom he opposed. And so we read that he have done that, notice that, and he shall forecast his devices against the strongholds. In Hebrew, Mivtsarim, even though they were protected, stronghold of his enemies, especially in the connection with Egypt here, he was able to come and to spoil and to take the wealth from the enemies that he attacked. And they shall devise or forecast devices against him. In other words, as he is doing so, coming against these strongholds, it was for a season, for a time, but eventually, beloved brothers and sisters, God will have to put an end to it. But notice, it's not the end. Because apparently in verse 25, Antiochus will stir up wars against uh, Egypt, and uh, Egypt shall not be able to stand up. And so we read, And he shall stir up his power and his courage against the king of the south. Again, the king of the south is the kings that rise up in the history of the Grecian Egyptian kingdom. That's the king of the south. Now who come from the north? The king of the north This is Antiochus. who is the king of the north, the Grecian Syrian king, north of Israel, south of Israel. Israel is right in the midst, the Jewish people are in the midst. So he will stir up a battle with a, a very great army, for they shall uh, devise a device against him. In other words, the king of Egypt will try to withstand against Antiochus Epiphanes, but he will not be successful as we see it in this verse 25, that king of Egypt was Ptolemy the sixth, and he was not successful. Egypt shall not stand up, beloved brothers and sisters. And so we continue in verse 26 again. God who knows the end from the beginning, from the beginning from, to the end, and he is the one who said before Daniel through this angel information that Daniel received that history clearly present this before us specifically we can read it in the book of Maccabees first Maccabees and second Maccabees the book of the history of our people Israel that is not part of the canon of scripture but it is Jewish history which tells us concerning the events that happened in days of old and so beloved brothers and sisters in verse 26 we read yeah they sh- that feed of the portion of the meat shall destroy him, and his army shall overflow, and many shall fall down slain. So in verse 26 we read that eventually the king of the south of Egypt, who initially tried to fight against Antiochus Epiphanes, he will be defeated, beloved brothers and sisters. Many shall fall down slain. His army shall be overthrown, overthrown by the armies of the king of the north, the Syrian Grecian king Antiochus Epiphanes. In verse 27, we find out that both the king of the north and the king of the south will do mischief and lie. They will kind of try to maybe make an agreement, but they will both of them will not trust one another. 
both of these kings' hearts shall be to do mischief, and they shall speak lies at one table. In other words, they will try to make an agreement, but in reality the king of the south will not trust the king of the north, and he will give him the assumption that he trusts in him, but he lies because he doesn't trust him because of what he has done. And so we read, For yet the end shall be at the time appointed, the end of the conflict that will be between Syria and Egypt. So in other words, all the conflict, this is going on of what we read between the north and the south and the south and the north. These verses here, verse 27 and 28, these conflicts existed for a long time, but it will come to an end. The end until, for yet the end shall be at the time appointed. In other words, they continued on until the Lord will make an end to this conflict between the north and the south of the two kings, Grecian kings of the north and the south. In verse 28, beloved brothers and sisters, we read what happened, that when Antiochus Epiphanes, when he returned back home after seemingly making kind of an arrangement, we read in verse 28, Then shall he return to his land with great riches, and his heart shall be against, again, notice, the holy covenant, and he shall do exploits and return to his own land. These verses, beloved brothers and sisters, specifically verse 28, tells us that Antiochus Epiphanes after he have done what he have done to the king of the south, he on the way home, going back north to Syria, is passing through the holy covenant, namely the Brit HaKodesh, this is the Jewish people, the land of Israel, and what does he do there? He shall do exploits, even in Israel, and then he will return to his own land. This is very interesting, because in First Maccabees chapter 1, we read of the way in which he treated the Jewish people on the way back to his own country from Egypt to Syria. Let me read what is written in 1 Maccabees chapter 1, verse 20, just a few verses here in this historical book. We read, beloved brothers and sisters, in verses 20 to 28, these words. In the year 143, after the conquest of Egypt, Antiochus marched with a great army against the land of Israel and the city of Jerusalem. In his arrogance, he entered the temple and he took away the gold altar, the lampstand, with all its equipment, the table of showbread offered to the Lord, the cups and the bowls, the gold and fire pans, the curtains and the crown. He also stripped all the gold from the front of the temple, and he carried off the silver and the gold and everything else of value, including all the treasures that he could find stored there. Then he took it all to his own country. Again, as we read in verse 28, he's returning to his own country, but on the way he shall be against the holy covenant. The holy covenant in Hebrew, we read the uh, Brit HaKodesh, 
the holy covenant that God made with his people Israel. In other words, he exploits the people of Israel and the temple in the city of Jerusalem. Notice, he also murdered many people and boasted arrogantly about it. There was a great mourning everywhere in the land of Israel. Rulers and leaders groaned in sorrow. Young men and young women grew weak. The beauty of our women faded, we read in Maccabees. First Maccabees 1 and verse 26. We continue verses 27, 28, all the way to the next a few more verses. Verse 27, 28. Every bridegroom sang a funeral song. And every bride sat mourning in her room. All our people were clothed with shame, and our land trembled from them. And so, beloved brothers and sisters, we read in these verses, verses 20 to 28 of First Maccabees chapter 1, of the evil way in which Antiochus Epiphanes treated the Jewish people as he was returning from Egypt on the way to Syria. And so now, beloved brothers and sisters, in verses 29, 30, and 31 of Daniel chapter 11, we read of Antiochus' persecution of the Jews. He persecuted the Jewish people in a terrible, terrible way. Notice what we read in verses 29, 30, and 31. At the time appointed, he shall return and come towards the south. He is at a time appointed, this is now, a few years later, at 168 BC, Antiochus is now coming back from Syria, going all the way down to Egypt, to the south, but it shall not be as the former days as the later. In other words, when he would come now again to go against Syria, against Egypt, he would come down from Syria to Egypt in the south, and he will not be successful in his campaign against Egypt as it was before. And why? Because this time the Romans were helping the Egyptians and the Romans stopped Antiochus and caused him to return back without any victory against Egypt, against the king of the south. And so we read in verse 29, At that time appointed he shall return, 168 BC, and come toward the south, this is Egypt, but it shall not be as the former or as the later. For the ships of Shittim, this is ships, Roman ships in Cyprus, Shittim, shall come against him. So he will have a position now, not so much from Egypt, but from Rome. And he could not fight against the Romans. They were more powerful than him. So, notice, therefore he shall be grieved. Notice this, very interesting verse 30. He zam grieved. In other words, he was feeling very bad, so he was grieved. And then it says here, and return and have indignation. That's where you get the word zam. That word indignation mentioned elsewhere 
about God's indignation against sin. The Hebrew word is zam. But here we see the wicked indignation of this man, Antiochus IV, Antiochus Epiphanes. So he was so grieved because he didn't get what he wanted and because he was warned by the Romans to return back and to go back, otherwise he will suffer consequences, he will suffer loss. So what does he do? He was grieved, he was angry, again, on the return, against the Holy Covenant. Again, Vezam al Brit HaKodesh. In other words, he now again, he's taking his anger against the Jewish people because he was not successful to get what he wanted from Egypt, get the power that he wanted, because the Romans have stopped him from doing so. The ships of Shittim, they came to Cyprus. He now placed upon the Jewish people that which he was angry about. So we read in verse 30, So shall he do, he shall even return and have intelligence with them that forsake the Holy Covenant. In other words, beloved brothers and sisters, Antiochus Epiphanes was successful in making a league with some Jewish people who were influenced by the Hellenistic views and teaching a paganistic kind of a life, which they kind of assisted him, or they took side with him, because assuming that uh, he will uh, treat them well, and because they have departed from the law of the Lord, now they, as we read here in this verse, he made a league with them, with those that forsake the Holy Covenant, at the end of verse 30 of Daniel chapter 11. Very interesting because in, this is again mentioned for us, beloved brothers and sisters, verses here, verse 30 and 31 of Daniel chapter 11, really is prescribed for us somewhat in the book of Maccabees as well. Verse 31, we read, And arms shall stand on his part, and they shall pollute the sanctuary of strength, and shall take away the daily sacrifice, and they shall place the abomination that maketh desolate. In other words, beloved brothers and sisters, Antiochus now, after he also made a league with some of the Hellenistic Jews, he eventually brought about the fact that the daily sacrifice in the temple in the city of Jerusalem will cease, and he committed in the temple the abomination of desolation by offering a pig to Zeus, his God, there in the temple in the city of Jerusalem. And that is the time, beloved brothers and sisters, which really given to us the time of 168 BC when the abomination of desolation occurred in the history of the Syrian Grecian king by the name of Antiochus Epiphanes. Now there are Verses in the book of Maccabees that point to that, I just want to read verse 47 of First Maccabees chapter 1 says, They were commanded to build pagan altars, temples, and shrines, and to sacrifice pigs and others unclean animals. Imagine, he commanded the Jewish people to erect all sort of altars, offers 
pigs upon the altars, and really he committed the abomination of desolation, beloved brothers and sisters. Now again, this verse 31 of Daniel 11, the abomination that maketh desolation, this is the event that occurred in the time when Antiochus Epiphanes have desecrated the temple in the city of Jerusalem, And he became a type and a picture of the Antichrist who will come in the future day during the tribulation period when he will be the one that will ultimately commit the abomination of desolation that Daniel the prophet is speaking about which Antiochus Epiphanes became a type of, a type of the Antichrist, a picture of the future greater wicked men who will come of whom we will read at the last portion of Daniel chapter 11. And so, beloved brothers and sisters, this is a very sad, sad history. Let me read you a few more verses. 1 Maccabees 1, verse 33. Then Antiochus and his forces built high walls and strong towers in the area north of the temple, turning it into a fort. They brought in a group of traders Jews and installed them there. They also brought in arms and supplies and stored in the front all the loot that they had taken in Jerusalem. This fort became a great threat to the city. The fort was a threat to the temple, a constant evil for the people of Israel. How sad and how wicked this man was. It says in verse 37 of 1 Maccabees chapter 1, verse 37, Innocent people were murdered. Around the altar, the holy place was defiled by murderers. What a sad, sad condition here we see that existed during the time of Antiochus Epiphanes when he returned being angry because he didn't get his way from the Egyptians and he was told to return back by the Romans who came against him. And so, beloved brothers and sisters, as we move along in our chapter, now the final verses that we have here in verse 32 to verse 35 we have information concerning the Jewish people in the midst of the persecution that Antiochus Epiphanes inflicted upon them. And so we read in verse 32, the wicked ways in which Antiochus uh, dealt with the Jewish people. Look what we read about him, beloved brothers and sisters, in verse 32a, the first part there we read, and such, notice, as do wickedly against the covenant. Antiochus did wickedly, wickedly against the covenant. Again, the word covenant, Brit in Hebrew, is speaking about the Jewish people or the covenant people of God, the people of Israel. And then we continue to read in verse 32b to verse 33 that there was some godly in Israel who continued on to teach the people of Israel the truth of the word of God. Some of them died by Antiochus' army as well. And so I'm reading verse 32b. There we read, And he shall corrupt by flatteries, that's what Antiochus have done, but 
The people that do know their God shall be strong and do exploits. These people who knew their God are godly Jewish people who maintain faithfulness to the God of Israel. No matter what, they were faithful to the truth that they had been taught. They will not become Hellenistics. They will not worship Zeus. They will not eat pigs. They will not offer pigs on altars. They will not worship Antiochus Epiphanes. They were godly people, the people who knew their God. They shall be strong and do exploits, as we read in 32. They would fight against the Grecian Syrian army of Antiochus. And they will be the one that will continue on to fight against him. But you notice what we do read in verse 33, that they that understand among the people shall instruct many, yet they shall fall by the sword and by flame, by captivity and by spoil many days. So in other words, they sought to maintain godly character. They sought to teach their people the things of God. They have sought to keep the Shabbat day, to teach the Torah, the law, to keep the feast, but to keep circumcision. But they could not be sustained for too long because ultimately many of them died by the sword, by the flame, by captivity. Some were taken captives as slaves by the Antiochus army and by spoil for many days. And this group was a godly group of Jewish people who maintain a godly lifestyle in spite of what the Grecians have done unto them. But then you notice, beloved brothers and sisters, in verse 34 we read that when they shall fall, they shall be helped with a little help. But many shall cleave to them with flatteries. In other words, they received some help. So there were apparently two groups within among the Jewish people who cared for the testimony of the God of Israel. They say, Shema Israel, Adonai Eloheinu, Adonai Echad. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one, there is no other God. Thou shalt have no other gods before me. And they stood, and many of them died because they stood for the God of Israel. They received some help from another group. This is the Maccabees. The Maccabees is Matathias, who had a priest in Israel who had five sons, and they were the ones that have raised an army, a little army, from the mountains of Judea there, and they fought against the Antiochus army. And so the Maccabees helped these godly Jewish people who were the one who taught the word of God and still influenced others from among Israel. And they were, many of them died and killed, as we have just read in these verses 33, by sword, by flame, by captivity, by spoil. So they receive a little help from the Maccabees. But then we read what happened in verse 34, beloved brothers and sisters, in verse 34, even the Maccabees, after the sons of Matathias, the Maccabees, have liberated the temple in the city of Jerusalem, they ultimately died. All of them have eventually died in a war that they were fighting the armies of the 
Grecian Syrian armies of Antiochus Epiphanes, and we read sadly that among them there are some who clave to them, verse 34 at the end, with flatteries. In other words, there are some who were not really, some Jewish people who were not necessarily seeking to follow after the God of Israel, they were Hellenized, they somehow managed to cleave to the Hashmonaim, to the Maccabees, and ultimately they flatter them, and eventually history tells us that they were successful to kind of spoil the descendants of the Maccabees, and ultimately many of them became also Hellenized by the Grecian pagan influence. How sad it is when God desires His people, whether it is Israel historically, or whether it is the assembly, the church in these days, the body of Messiah these days, God desires that His people will be separated unto Him, not isolated, not sectarianists, but separated unto Him, living for Him, careful to pray, careful to read His Word, careful to walk with the Lord, not allowing themselves to be influenced by godless world, but oftentimes, sadly, there are those that were successful with flatteries and false teaching, creep in unawares, and ultimately defiling the people of God, and how much grace God's people need and strength to be able to stand for the Lord in the difficult days, such as these Jewish people in the days of this wicked man, Antiochus Epiphanes. Now, beloved brothers and sisters, to close this message of Daniel chapter 11, verse 21 to 35, the last verse, verse 35, is really the final verse that points us now to the future. There is a transition between here, verse 35 becomes a verse that now moves us from the days of Antiochus Epiphanes, from 173 to 165 BC, or 164 BC when he died, and here we see a transition from Antiochus' days to the latter days where a wicked man that Antiochus is a type of, the Antichrist, will rise in a future day, whom also the Lord eventually will judge. But that Antichrist, that counterfeit Messiah of the future day, the day of the tribulation, is that wicked man that will cause a greater abomination which make it desolate in the future temple that will be built, the tribulation temple. And so you notice that. To read for us verse 35, in verse 35, beloved brothers and sisters, we read, And some of them of understanding shall fall. So some of the godly in Israel will fall and will die by the hand of the armies of Antiochus, even though in 165 BC, on the 25th day of the month of Kislev, the temple in Yerushalayim was rededicated to the Lord. That's how we get the Feast of Hanukkah. And the Feast of Hanukkah was celebrated by the Jewish people because the Maccabees were successful to defeat the Syrian army and to chase them out of the land. But you notice what we read. All these testing, all these trials, 
all these conflicts that God have allowed the Jewish people to experience will ultimately bring them uh, lessons, will lead them to the final days of the tribulation and the second coming of the Messiah. And so we read in verse 35, some of them that understood, they paid price, they died, they fell. But notice what we read. Why? In order to, notice, to try them and to purge and to make them white, even, notice that, even to the time of the end, because it is yet for a time appointed. Now you notice, beloved brothers and sisters, how interesting it is, this verse 35. In the 35th verse of Daniel chapter 11, God, through the angel, give Daniel information concerning the reason why God allowed persecution in the history of his own people. Disobedience bring about the judgment of God. God's people will be tested, and ultimately when they rebel against him, against God, they will be experiencing tribulation and trial. And that is exactly what happened in the history of our people, the Jewish people, throughout the history. You see, some of them that had understanding, even the godly, they shall fall in order to test and to try them. And you notice that this expression that you have here, to try them, to purge them, to make them white. In Hebrew, the words are very, very interesting here in verse 35. Litzrof bahem, ulevarer, ulelaben. To litzrof, it comes from the word to purify, and to purge, and to make ultimately white, to make pure. See, God desired to purify His people Israel, and to ultimately bring them to their wit's end to say that they ultimately need God in their life. And so, beloved brothers and sisters, what a lesson it is here that we have in these verses, because all these events that happen in Jewish history, according to this verse 35, is allowed by God and sometimes brought up by God in order to try them, to purge them, and to make them pure and white. And that will continue even to the times of the end. This is the tribulation day. Why? Because it is yet for time appointed. Ki od la moede. still a time appointed in which God will ultimately bring about the final restoration of his earthly people, the people of Israel. Again, remember that the book of Daniel is always must be read in the context of the Jewish people. In Daniel chapter 9, there we read in this verse 24, 77s are determined upon thy people, this is Daniel's people, and upon thy holy city, this is the city of Jerusalem. And what are these 77 that determine upon the Jewish people and the city of Jerusalem? What it will bring about? 
six things to finish the transgression and to make an end of sins and to make reconciliation for iniquity and to bring an everlasting righteousness and to seal up the vision and prophecy and to anoint the most holy, to anoint the temple again, the Messianic temple in the city of Yerushalayim. And so, beloved brothers and sisters, no wonder, no wonder when we read of King Solomon, Shlomo HaMelech, when he wrote to the people of Israel, he wanted the Jewish people to remember not to be discouraged when God is dealing with them with discipline. You remember what Solomon wrote in Proverbs chapter 3? And there he wrote in verse 11, My son, despise not the chastening of the Lord, neither be weary of his correction, for whom the Lord loveth he correcting, even as the father the son in whom he delighted. God delighted in Israel. He chose the nation of Israel as his own people. And when Israel have gone astray, God have allowed Israel to experience tribulation, persecution, and challenges in order to bring them about and to restore them to himself. This is an amazing principle that we all must learn. The writer who wrote to the early Hebrew believers wrote, and he's actually using what Shlomo, the king of Israel, Solomon, wrote in Proverbs chapter 3. The Hebrew writer said in Hebrews chapter 12 and verse 3, For consider him that endureth such contradiction of sinners against himself, lest ye be wearied and faint in your own mind. Ye have not yet resist unto blood, striving against sin, and ye have forgotten the exhortation which speaketh to, unto you as unto children. My son, despise not thou the chastening of the Lord, nor faint when thou art rebuke of him, for whom the Lord loveth he chasteneth, and scourges every son whom he receiveth. If ye endure chastening, God dealeth with you as with sons. For what son is he whom the father chasteneth not? But if ye be without chastisement, whereof all are partakers, then ye are bastards and not sons. Furthermore, we have had fathers of our flesh, which corrected us, and we gave them reverence. Shall we not much rather be in subjection unto the fathers of spirits and live? For they verily for a few days chasten us after their own pleasure, but he, this is God, for our prophet, that we might be partakers of his holiness. Amazing, beloved brothers and sisters. Now no chastening, for the present seemeth to be joyous but grievous. Nevertheless, afterward it yieldeth the peaceable fruit of righteousness unto them which are exercised thereby. Wherefore lift up the hands which hang down in the feeble knees, and make straight path for your feet, lest that which is lame be turned out of the way, but let it rather be healed. Amazing, beloved brothers and sisters, we read in Hebrews chapter 12, verses 3 to verse 13. And so, 
in closing, beloved brothers and sisters, verses 21 to 35 of Daniel chapter 11, specifically dealing with these wicked men, Antiochus IV, a Grecian Syrian king, that rose to power, that expanded his authority, but also persecuted the Jewish people in a terrible way and committed the abomination that make it desolate by offering a pig for his god Zeus upon an altar in the temple in the city of Jerusalem, which made it necessary in 165 BC, the temple had to be cleansed by the Maccabees, by the Jewish people, and the feast of Hanukkah was the feast of dedication that our people of old celebrate since 165 BC until today, year after year after year, looking back at the rededication of the temple in Jerusalem, which a wicked man once desecrated by the name of Antiochus Epiphanes. Well, may the Lord bless his word. May the Lord encourage our hearts. May the Lord lead us on. And in the next and final verses of Daniel chapter 11, verse 36 to verse 45, we will see how the reference here, the prophetic message, is concerning the times of the end. The appointed time of the future during the tribulation when the Antichrist who would come will ultimately will be judged by the Lord Jesus the Messiah. Well, God bless you, my dear friend. May God bless his word. And until the next time, we say shalom, shalom. You have been listening to the Holy Scriptures and Israel with Gideon Levitam. Gideon teaches God's Word from a Hebrew Messianic perspective. For more information about this ministry, write to Holy Scriptures and Israel, Box 1411, Niagara-on-the-Lake, Ontario, L0S1J0, or visit our website at holyscripturesandisrael.com. You are also invited to Gideon's weekly Bible teaching, on Fridays at 11 a.m. and 7 p.m., and Saturdays at 1 p.m. at Willowdale Christian Assembly Hall, 28 Martin Ross Avenue in Toronto. Holy Scriptures and Israel is made possible by your prayers and financial support. If you would like to support the program, visit holyscripturesandisrael.com. God bless you. Shalom, shalom. Shalom.